So, what are the questions tonight? Any questions? You have a question? Yes. yes. Probably everyone knows about me, but I think everyone will appreciate it anyway. It's about your pronoun mantra. It's mentioned name of Krishna. It's? Probably it's mentioned name of Krishna. Probably Agasura Lila. And it's kind of what, what mood with pranama mantra, what we have concentrate on during no, service to understand your, your mood. Uh-huh. Oh, you're asking a very internal question. And um, I do appreciate that. Um, and it's true that the name Agabid, I mean, is a famous uh, epithet for Krishna. Uh, it takes different forms, but um, 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 uh, all connected with Aga. Aga means um, sin, and Aga, of course, refers to the uh, the demon uh, that uh, Kamsa sent to swallow up Krishna. And in the beginning of his um, uh, cowherding Leelas, the Leela of Krishna's cowherding uh, begins at the Sesh Kumar, the last part of his Kumar Leela. Hmm. Kumar means the childhood. And it carries through the Pauganda Leela, which um, um, very much comparatively facilitates that Leela. And um, of course, he herds cows as a Kishore as well. But the Pauganda and the end of the Kumar Leela are um, uh, ages. These are ages in which the Leela is um, and the identity, I want to say, of Krishna as a cowherd is manifest in the Prakat Leela, in the manifest Leela. In the, in the Nitya Leela, Krishna is always a Kishore. Hmm? But that which is these excellences of Kumar and his excellences of Paganda don't disappear as he enters into Kishore. They carry over um, uh, into his Kishore Leela, which makes it super Excellent. But in the Prakat Lila, the manifest Lila, by which we know about Krishna Lila, um, there is this excellence of the actual manifestation of the Kumar Lila and the Poganda Lila. And that's the only place you can find it. Of course, you can't find it in Mathura or Dwarka. You can't find it anywhere in the Paravyom, in, this, in, the, in the uppercut, the unmanifest Lila. Only in the manifest Lila, only... Um, in, the, in this world. <clears throat> so, um, uh, the Agasura comes at that time. At the, at, and at that time, Krishna is a calf herder. Krishna has three identities in Braj. He's the son of Nanda Yashoda, he's a cow herder, and he's the lover of Radha and the gopis. These are his three identities. And the ages correspond with those identities. So, the calf herding Leela um, uh, begins with a build-up to the the slaying of Agasura and ends with Brahma's prayers. So, 12, 13, and 14th chapters of the 10th Canto, and in this lila, as well, the uh, this lila constitutes the narrative form of the the um, the key statement to unlocking the tattva of the Bhagavatam, the Paribas Sutra. Uh, Jiva Goswami describes it as Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. And so this 
is that around which the tattva, the philosophy of the Bhagavatam, orbits. And so that the the narrative form of that sutra from the Bhagavatam, it's one line from one verse of the Bhagavatam, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, Krishna's the fountainhead of all forms of Godhead. That is played out in the form of a narrative of the Leela in this slaying of Agasura, which uh, comes out in the prayers of Brahma, that that that... Um, that uh, uh, description of that Leela culminates with the bewildering of Brahma and then his repentance and prayers, which are um, a, a very uh, ripe with, with, with Gaudiya Siddhanta. So it's a special section. And then the 15th chapter, of course, that follows is his Boganda Leela. And it, uh, it's a very much an overview of the Boganda Leela. And it ends with. Uh, Krishna entering into the Kishore Leela. And accordingly, uh, the 15th chapter begins with the glorification of Balaram, hmm. um, who is very much a central figure of Sakirasa. There's much to be said about all this. But the killing of Vagasur, yes, the name is there in the Pranam mantra that they've written. Vrindaranya uh, uh, wrote the Pranam in, in English and then. Prigupad, Sanskrit, uh, disciple of mine, put it into Sanskrit. And um, one of the things, um, aside from mood, but in relation to tattva, about the name is that it is a name, um, an epithet for Krishna in relation to the slaying of Aga, that is often invoked uh, by the Goswamis. Um, Aga means sin, so Krishna is a slayer of sin. So it's often invoked even in the narratives of Madhurya Rasa as a way of contrasting that romantic love of Krishna, it arises out of bhakti's slaying of sin or lust or cleansing of the heart, which is the first thing that bhakti does, right? As she cleanses, so she decorates. So the slaying of Agasura or the killing of sin is is a, is a cleansing kind of um, um, epithet, name for Krishna, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that is required, as I say, that cleansing, in order for the decorating of of of, of bhava and its culmination in in premarasa to uh, to develop. So that's one aspect of the name. But the name also, yes, appears in Krishna's uh, cowherding Leela in the Sesh Kumar, and it's, it's uh, quite uh, a prominent story in, in the Bhagavatam. And um, so, yes, the name has been chosen for uh, that reason, as I mentioned, uh, uh, as much as we can be a represent the feelings of Krishna Lila is as much as this cleansing of the heart has taken place in the context of bhakti. That side, and at the same time, yes, it's a name that um, is embedded in um, Krishna's cowarding Lila. And so um, you ask about that side. Does the, what does the name have to do with the internal mood of the person whom it describes? And it, in that sense, has something to do with um, my ideal, which is the uh, ideal of my Guru Maharaj. Hmm. So it's typical and characteristic and the norm that the student, the disciple... Um, I often use the word student as synonymous with disciple, and I've used it in that way in terms of the modern society that we live in. Once, uh, just as this is an aside, a fellow um, um, said to me that uh, those people, uh, what do they call themselves? Disciples? Uh, He was referring to my disciples in, in talking to me, 
And I realized it was a weird word for him. It's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, Christ had his disciples kind of a thing and, and so forth. So, so I, I, I thought maybe it's a little, you know, it, it's a little um, jolting or shocking in some ways to, uh, uh, in the modern context where, you know, everybody wants freedom and independence and, and, and so forth. So I have often referred to my disciples as students, but the thought came to me the other day that student and, and disciple are, are really not synonymous. Hmm. <laughs> because you could be a student hmm, but uh, of a subject hmm, or a student of, of a teacher regarding any number of subjects, but um, uh, it doesn't necessarily... Translate out into being a under under a life uh, discipline, the disciplining of the senses, the disciplining of the mind, and so forth. That uh, and and that, of course, um, discipline is is derived from uh, disciple or vice versa. So, just a thought I had (laughs) as an aside, but. Typically, the disciple or the good student <laughs> uh, of the guru uh, naturally uh, uh, develops the same bhava as the guru. Mm-hmm. Because the bhava that we will attain, the seed of that is sadhusanga. Mm-hmm. And because bhakti is not inside of us, prema is not inside of the jiva. Bhakti and Prem, the mature form of Bhakti, is constituted of Krishna's Swarup Shakti, his internal energy. Hmm? The Jiva is constituted of Tatasta Shakti. And of course, Maya, matter, is a, constituted of the Maya Shakti. So we have these three principal Shaktis. Prabhupada referred to them as the internal, the external, and the marginal, right? So, um, Within the marginal energy, the Tatasta Shakti, there's no Maya Shakti, right? There's no Maya Shakti inside the Jiva. Then there's no Sarup Shakti either. Hmm? The Jiva is Satchitananda, that's true. And that is kind of a low-key form in one sense of Sandini, Samvit, and Ladini. But they are distinguished from one another. Mm-hmm. Let's take the jiva Satchitananda. The jiva is an eternal unit of, of of being. It has the capacity to know and to love, right? Chit Ananda. But its capacity to know and love is not sufficient in and of itself to dispel the influence of the Maya Shakti under which it can come. It can come under the influence of the Maya Shakti, and it can't dispel it on its own. Now, Krishna's internal energy, his sarup shakti, on the other hand, it has the power. It's knowing, it's being, it's loving, it's ladhini, has the power to overwhelm the absolute. Krishna is the absolute truth overwhelmed by bhakti. The very form of Krishna corresponds with the bhakti of his devotees in Braj, who see him as the son of Nanda, the coward boy, the lover of Radha, relative to their Vatsalya, their Sakya, their Madhurya Rasa. You understand? Hmm? So, Krishna is the absolute truth appearing in a way that corresponds with the love of his devotees, with the, with the bhakti, as the object of their love. So these two are inseparable. The love of the devotee and Krishna, they're one, and different. This is beta bait. Rod is one with and different from Krishna at the same time. So the Sarup Shakti has this power. I give another example. I often say that the God is omnipresent. Right? So if you're omnipresent, then you, there's nowhere to go. There's no, there's no movement because you're already everywhere. There's nowhere that you can move to 
You're already everywhere. So the idea of God being omnipresent conjures up in our minds a, a kind of a still absolute. But Bhagavan Sri Krishna is moving and he never stops. He doesn't even sleep at night. Hmm. Madhuri Rasa is keeping him up. Hmm. And the more we move um, towards the increase the influence of bhakti, the more we find the absolute is moving. So Brahman is still. Hmm. Mahavishnu is huh, snoozing a good part of the time. Dreams about the world, wakes up, manifests it. Oh, didn't work out. <laughs> Go back to sleep, something like that. Hmm. Uh, wakes up again. But Krishna, and, and there's, and so he's not in a situation where he's surrounded by a, the same measure of intensity of bhakti as Krishna on the high end of the spiritual theistic uh, spectrum of divinity. We get to all the way to Goloka, to Braj, and as I say, Krishna, practically he can't, he has no time to sleep. Hmm? Just as the gopis are catching a wink or pretending to, as if they were sleeping all night, uh, Balaram is blowing his horn and waking up all the gopas who've been dreaming about Krishna all night. They don't sleep either, the gopas. They don't sleep at night, at least not deeply, because they're always dreaming. So if you're dreaming all the time, then you don't get the real, you don't really sleep. You understand? The mind is still active. So there's no rest for them either, and no rest for the gopis. As soon as Krishna crawls under the covers and realizes he made it home in time without getting caught, the, the, the horn of Balaram is blowing and there are millions and millions of coward boys in the courtyard jumping and chanting, hmm, wake up Krishna, kotai Krishna, kotai, hmm, uta uta, where are you Krishna, get up, get up. <laughs> so the point is that this this internal energy of Krishna that bhakti is the essence of, that's driving the leela, it has the power to overwhelm the Godhead. What to speak of, the power to dispel the influence of maya. That's just like a no-brainer. That's a secondary thing. Whereas ourselves, although we're constituted of such ananda in an atomic sense, we don't even have the power of knowledge or bliss to to uh, dispel the influence of maya, and therefore our being is in question. Under the influence of maya, it's in question. Right? We're striving to be, and we, we feel it's a struggle to be under the influence of the maya shakti. So, so if there was sarup shakti within us, well, we'd have no problem. Right? It has the power to overwhelm Krishna. And that's what we get by sadhusanga. Sadhusanga itself is an anga, a limb of bhakti. So bhakti begets bhakti. Only bhakti can give bhakti. So sadhusanga is a form of bhakti. When we come in touch with sadhusanga, then that is the birth of bhakti in our life. This is the, the janma, the birth, the mool, the root, and the seed, different metaphors, the seed of the bhava that we will attain. Now, we may have sadhusanga over lifetimes and different um, uh, influences and so forth, but at some point, that influence is going to become, an influence through sadhusanga is going to be prominent enough to define ourselves in terms of the rati, the bhava that we will attain. And so typically what we find in most cases, is that the guru develops the same, the disciple attains the same bhava as the guru. There are exceptions. Prabhupada himself was an exception. His guru was in Madhurya Rasa. We see him in Sakyarasa, as he himself has explained, and, and repeatedly. You will be hard-pressed to find a guru in contemporary Gaudiya uh, times, if you will, or even in the past, that has said more about himself and his affinity um, and ideal than Prabhupada. It's a funny thing to say because most of his disciples think Prabhupada didn't talk about that. 
course, we've collected all the things that he said about it and published it in a book. You may have seen it. It's called Oh, My Friend. Have you seen it? Oh, it's worth reading. <laughs> over and over again, in so many instances, the Sakya ideal of Prabhupada comes out in his speech and the way he answers questions. He speaks directly about it, states it, this is my ideal, so on and so forth. The most famous and most powerful, um, perhaps, uh, example of that is the prayer that he wrote uh, on the Jaladutta when crossing the Atlantic, hmm? in which he openly, after expressing full sharanagati hmm, to Guru and, uh, and Krishna, uh, having first bargained with Krishna in the refrain of the verse, my dear Krishna, he says, everyone knows that, or anyone who knows anything knows that your life is centered on the pleasure of Radha. If Radha is pleased, then your life is successful. And so my guru, who is a representative of Radha, Nayanamani Manjari Bhaktisiddhanta, from Radha's camp, has asked me to come to the West and spread the, the words of Chaitanya, the, the teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? But in order to do that, I need some power. Hmm. And what I think is, he says, in so many words, is that if you give me that power, then my guru, who's a representative of Radharani, will be pleased with you, and your life will be successful, because then Radharani will be pleased with you. So I think that you should give me the power to do that kind of preaching. He, he prays like this. This is the implication of his poem. We've brought it out nicely. Pujapat Sridharmaj brought it out decades ago. Um, and having prayed like that, then, then he says, and having done so, gotten that power and preached, this is my ideal. Hmm? The very words, the Bengali words written there, are just saturated with sakiras. Kotavani chutta chutti banikai luttaputi. Say din kobehovimor. Chutta chutti luttaputi. If you can feel it, it's, it's a very feeling of sakiras. Tumbling, rolling, somersaulting on the ground in playful sport. I will spend my whole day throughout the pasturing grounds. Hmm? This is my aspiration. When or when, when will that day be mine? When I will attain that, my friend. Oh, my friend, Krishna. When can I join you in your cowardly leelas? And I will somersault and tumble on the ground in playful sport and so forth. This is his deep aspiration. Now, Prabhupada wrote this poem in its most private moment. Hmm? Emptying, having emptied himself out of, of anything other than the desire to fulfill the, um, what he considered the order of his guru, he reasoned with Krishna how to get the power to do this. He made a negotiation on the boat. Hmm? Prabhupada didn't write it for publication, or anything of the sort. Years later, we found the poem, right? And 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 it was known to some extent, but it was mistranslated by most of Prabhupada's disciples in terms of the deepest implications of it. But Pujapatridamarsh had a copy of it that he was keeping. He had for decades. And we, when we came in his company, he he somehow in the context of the discussion, sometimes devotees would ask Sridharmarsh questions and expect him to answer just like Prabhupada answered the questions. But he had his own thinking, of course, which was fully spiritual, and he would give his own answers. And when he realized that sometimes they were asking questions and expecting him to answer them exactly like Prabhupada, he said, one thing you have to understand, Swami Maharaj, Prabhupada, and I are not one in all respects. I myself... He's him. We're both Gaudias, and so forth. 
And so he's just making that kind of a point, which was off-putting for some, but very enlivening for others who could understand it. Yeah, this makes sense. There's there are a variety here of spiritual uh, possibilities within the parameters of the Siddhanta. And so he was speaking about that on a lower level at that time. Hmm? But later one of the one of the devotees asked him, what did you mean when you said that? And then he went to a higher level and he said that um, my ideal is is Radhadasyam, Madhurya, and Swami Maharaj, his ideal was Sakyarasa. That was his way of saying we're we're not one. We're one in Siddhanta, but we're different in Bhava. And he brought out the poem, you know, from his own memory. Hmm? And he read and he, and he explained it. Hmm? Um, translated it properly and explained it, and then he began to give numerous references of indications of Prabhupada's Sakyabhava and so forth. Hmm. Later, as I say, in more recent times, a few years back, I had uh, commissioned some devotees to gather from everywhere um, things that Prabhupada said, and we put it all together in a very nice book called Oh My Friend. Um, And it's very overwhelmingly, um, well, it's overwhelming conclusion what was Prabhupada's ideal. Um, and, and so you will find in many of Prabhupada's disciples, in, even in the earliest days of the mission, a natural affinity for Sakyarasa and a thinking that, of Prabhupada as a coward. Hmm? He must be a coward boy. They were, always, they were thinking like that, so many of them. There is no reason for them to think like that. Hmm? When he clearly also taught the Gopi Bhav is the highest ideal, he also taught that. Hmm? as Nityananda Prabhu did, even though he's in Sakyarasa. Um, but there is a good reason for it, because he himself, everything, he, his movements were, the engine behind them, his movement, his thinking, his, his bhakti, is his own ideal of Sakyarasa. So, um, later, of course, after Prabhu's disappearance, some other... Uh, Vaishnavas uh, from the Bhaktivinoda family came in touch with Prabhupada's disciples like Pujapada Sridhar Maharaj, like uh, Bhakti Pamod Puri Goswami Maharaj. Later, they were both godbrothers of Prabhupada, later, the nephew of Prabhupada, uh, a spiritual cousin to me, Bhakti Narayan Maharaj, toured and influenced others. And all of these devotees had the ideal of Madhurya Rasa. Hmm? So by their association, some of, some, of, some, of, some of who Prabhupada's disciples had intimate association with and more association with than they had with Prabhupada also. Hmm? Much more close and personal uh, uh, um, association. We see a number of them, Prabhupada's disciples who had that association, have... Uh, the ideal of Madhurya Rasa hmm? by that association. So it, 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 it won out, so to speak, or it was more, they got more, either either theoretically they identified with the ideal, having it explained and so forth and whatnot, but they've gone in that direction, which is well and good. But prior to that association, hmm, that was not at all... Uh, even the word Manjari you, uh, Bhav, which is a, kind of a slang term, if you will, for uh, or so as Radhadasim is for this Tadbhava uh, type of Madhurya Rasa. Hmm. You won't find it practically in, anywhere in Prabhupada's books. Um, but but the ideal, the seed of it all, is all there, of course. It's there in Chaitanya Charitamrita and so forth. So by that influence, some of them have gone in that direction. But some of them, um, and a good number of them, and I would say the majority of them, knowingly or unknowingly, are influenced by primarily and have achieved, uh, uh, received some bhakti samskars, impressions, which is the, what, what forms the rasa, the bhava, um, that and the subsequent practice 
um, for 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 sakirasa. And they'll realize it in time, hmm? as time goes on, as they mature. Um, um, if that remains the prominent influence, or if they get another influence, but they, um, so bhakti samskars, the vrittis are like like. Um, Like some smaller moments of oppression that, that bind together and form like some scar, a habit producing tendency and so forth. So obviously a some scar is something that comes from outside hmm, rather than inside. There's a peculiar uh, um, term that Vishwanachakuri Thakur invokes with regard to the nityasiddha devotees of Krishna like Sridham, Sudham, Lalita, Vishaka. He says there, uh, what does he say, what is the word he use? He says, uh, some kind of nitya samskar, something. So they're, they're, they have a samskar that doesn't come from outside, it comes from inside. It's, they're born with it. It's inborn. They're ragat because, hmm? that means Krishna's retinue, his, uh, his, his eternal associates. That's another thing. But typically, an impression, obviously, is something that is impressed upon us. And it's not, one might think that every soul has an, is impressed in a certain way. What about that? Every, every atma, we heard every atma is an individual, right? So someone may reason every atma is, is individually impressed from the time of its origin, which doesn't exist, there's no beginning, but somehow to be a unique type of devotee. Hmm? But this is not a Gaudiya doctrine. That would mean that there are proto-Sakyaras-jivas, proto-Vatsalyaras-jivas, proto-Madhuryaras-jivas, proto-Brahmasayuja-jivas, proto-Narayan-dasya-bhakti, jivas, and so forth. Hmm. Which would make all the jivas different in a way that would make the Godhead, who the source of all the jivas, impartial. Because some were manifest as Madhurya Rasa jivas. And some were manifest as Sayuja Mukti jivas. Oh, what a loss. That's an unfortunate jiva. So there, there is no taratamaya or um, gradation of souls in Gaudi Vaishnavas. In Madhva Sampradaya, there's a, there's a gradation. In Balva Sampradaya, there's also a gradation. But these are gradations within the modes. So Madhva has sattvic jivas, rajasic jivas, tamasic jivas. And only the sattvic jivas are liberated. Hmm. So the, sat- the rajasic and tamasic are a, ty- a type of type of demons that reside in the material world always, something like that. It's a very foreign idea when you hear about it, you don't like it, right? No Gaudiya people like that idea. Now you have to take the same idea and apply it the other way. It doesn't sound as bad, but it's the same principle. We accept that all the Gaudiya doctrines, that all the jivas are equal. They're all individual, like every atom is individual. This is one atom, this is another atom. But they're all constituted of the same thing. But one of the things that they're constituted of is the potential to will. To will. And that's it. how you will will. You could have two that are equal and confronted with the same situation. They could will differently. It's possible. So when the opportunity of bhakti presents itself powerfully through sadhusanga, then we respond to it with our will and that then becomes subsequently the sadhana, the practice. Hmm? And in the higher stages of bhakti, the will becomes more prominent because the will is purified of any material desire, and so the will is only to serve Krishna and only in the context of the bhava, urati that, that, that the jiva has been influenced by. And so you may be influenced by sakyarati, by sadhusanga, and then worship deities accordingly and, and, and so on and so forth and, uh, and practice 
And as the practice develops in ruchi, asakti, later stages of sadhana and so forth, then the will of the jiva is pure. It wills only to serve Krishna and in the context of sakirati. So the will then starts to play a part in the formation of the jiva's details in terms of its spiritual personality. Therefore, some coward boys like mangoes and some like bananas. They're not all the same. They have desires. But all these desires are all pleasing to Krishna. They're all various, a variety of manifestations, for example, in this instance of Sakyarasa or in Madhuryarasa. But but because the desires are manifesting under the influence of the spiritual environment, all the desires are only for the pleasure of Krishna. Here we have desire or will. It's all manifesting in relation to the material environment. And so all the desires are, in, in a sense, subordinated to the influence of material nature, so really serving material nature in the form of the body and mind and the personality that has risen out of our um, interaction willfully with this particular environment. See, the only way that you can be a person and have a form as a jiva and, 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 and desire something and do something and apprehend something and experience something is if there's something to experience. The two environments, Maya Shakti and Sarup Shakti, they provide something to be experienced. It's it's an experiential environment. Hmm? Something to do, something to experience, something to know. Hmm? So Kartritva, Bhogtritva, Gnatritva, the Jiva has the potential to be a doer, to be an experiencer, and to be a knower. Hmm? But you need an environment. So the, this is what it means to tasta. It can function in one realm or another. So we see what happens when we function in relation to the Maya Shakti. We get a personality, a disposition, a body, and so on. And similarly, when you, when the influence of the spiritual environment matures, then you get a spiritual body, a spiritual personality. It comes out of that environment. You understand? And that environment is brought to us through sadhusanga. You get a seed for that. Then we taught how to cultivate that. So, so, so. If we find an exception where the disciple isn't following the same bhava as the guru per se, then we attribute it to the fact that in the previous life, other association was was dominant, um, and. Uh, and we find this, you know, this is this is would be exceptional uh, devotees. Uh, Prabhupada was an exceptional devotee, obviously exceptional. And so he's he's born in a Vaishnava family, as he used to say at times. And, and, and of course, it's factual. That history is there. That's a very rare birth, according to the Gita. He used to explain himself in that way. As far as my past life, I know this. I was born in the family of Vaishnavas. And the Gita says this. Therefore, I look at it like that. That's how he explained himself. If you're almost perfect, but not quite, you take birth in a Vaishnava family. That's how Prabhupada explained himself. Now, some people like to think he came from a spiritual sky. I don't want to argue with him, but I'm just saying how Prabhupada represented it himself. And, um, and he was born in a Sakiras family also. And the patron saint of his family was Udarandatta, one of the Dwarasa Gopals, one of Krishna's, one of Krishna Balaram's eternal friends, who appeared in Gorlila, and was very instrumental in assisting Nityananda Prabhu in the canvassing in uh, in Bengal. Udarandatta, the Prophet's family used to go to Udarandatta's village in Saptagram annually and pay respect there to the deity and the and the, the, the picture of Udarandatta that's worshipped there and so forth. So this is the family he's brought into. And then he comes in touch with uh, Bhakti Siddhanta, Madhurya Rasa. And of course there is a Madhurya Rasa component to Prabhupada's Sakyabhava also. You study him carefully, you can see. That means a certain, the type of coward friend of Krishna whose Sakyarasa is also influenced by Madhurya Rasa, enabling that coward boy to be 
sympathetic and empathetic hmm, towards the plight of Radha and Krishna in terms of their loving affairs and the discord that sometimes arises between them. Hmm? You understand? Between Radha and Krishna, sometimes they argue. Hmm? Right? And, and sometimes Radha won't let Krishna come near him. And so he may feel separation and friends like Subal pacify him hmm? and go and talk to Radha and make a case for her to ease up so forth like so there are some friends of Krishna that are involved in this the 15th chapter I was mentioning of the 10th canto of Bhagavatam begins with Krishna glorifying Balaram in so many verses in one sense he's glorifying himself but he doesn't speak directly about himself he speaks about Balaram who's his other self but it's not that the things that he says about Balaram are not true either but one of the reasons he's talking like this is because he's putting emphasis on Balaram because in the, in his Pogandalila daily Krishna leaves all the coward boys except those Priyanarmasakas and he goes to Radhakund and Shamakund to meet with the gopis with his friends his small army of friends hmm? but the, most of the coward boys those who are Suritsakas those who are Priyasakas or Sakas they stay with Balaram so he gives a glorification to Balaram they're all glorifying. He says, so you stay here with Balaram for a minute. I've got to go meet. There's an astrologer that's come to town, and I think I should go meet him. And, but everybody can't come to his house, so we select a few. A few means an unlimited number of Priyanarmasakas, <laughs> and off they go, right? And then they return in the, in the afternoon and collect up the cows and all go home. So that's a, an example of a, of a friend of Krishna whose love is influenced by Madhurya. Um, so, which which enables those friends, as I say, to participate in the Madhurya um, leelas of Krishna uh, in ways that are appropriate to their forms as friends of Krishna. So, obviously, the influence of Madhurya rasa from Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, you could say, is is uh, fine tuning Prabhupada's Sakya rasa. So, someone could look at it like that if you want to look at Prabhupada as a sadhana siddha, as he often and um, consistently explained himself. You could look at him otherwise, that may be your choice, but just saying how he explained himself. Um, so I'm just kind of filling in some details of that according to the philosophy. Um, so there may be exceptions. The exception is there of Dukhi Krishnadas, who was a disciple of Hridaya Chaitanya, in a Sakiras lineage. Hmm. But he came to Vrindavan and he uh, was cleaning the dam, sweeping the dam, and he found an, an earring or something like that, a piece of jewelry. Where did this come from? And a gopi appeared and said, that's the earring of my mistress. Thank you. You've done a great service to her. If that was missing, then her husband would say, where's that earring I gave you? Something like that. It could be a problem. Something like that. So she took the earring and wore a piece of jewelry and pressed it on his forehead and made a mark. And basically she took him to Madhuri Rasa. Shamananda became his name. And there's a long, famous Gaudiya history of this. How it became... How evidence was brought to bear that um, his story was not made up and so forth. And so this is an extraordinary example of a difference. He was initiated by Hrita Chaitanya, but he developed Madhuri Rasa, but it's not by any other influence than powerful association. Hmm? Very powerful association. So, uh, So there are some examples like this, and that's how we... Um, look at them, but more characteristically, more typically, you'll find um, that the disciples develop in terms of the influence of, of the guru. But then again, you have gurus over different lifetimes, so in different grades, also gurus or gurus of different levels of realization and power to influence. Hmm? 
Um, the prophet's power was considerable. <laughs> his, his was very powerful influence. So, the vast uh, majority of his disciples, even in the earliest days of Iskan, we, and we've printed so many testimonies to them, and the Vyasa Puja offerings that they wrote in like 1969, paintings that they drew, and poems that they wrote, depicting Prabhupada as a cowherd, just thinking that. Where's that coming from? Hmm? Where would it come from? The interest in Sakirasa is peculiar in one sense, in a sampradaya that's predominantly a Madhurya Rasa sampradaya. It's almost like we give it more credibility. You understand? You're out of the norm. What is it about you that's bringing you away from the main current, so to speak, to a subordinate current of sorts? Hmm. But anyway, these are the two opportunities, windows of opportunities. I refer to them sometimes, Madhurya Rasa, a special kind of Madhurya Rasa, and and Sakirasa through Gaur and Nityananda Prabhu and Prabhupada is, I'm writing a book about this also, so um, one of the chapters is a whole history of the influence of Sakirasa over centuries. Hmm? How it was prominent, how it waned, why it waned at a certain point, hmm? and examples of it appearing in small and big ways, Prabhupada in a very big way. Um, uh, so, so, Here's a simple formula that um, one would say, uh, I'm a disciple of Prabhupada, I follow Prabhupada externally, I follow Prabhupada internally. One could, having understood theoretically hmm, what is the ideal of Prabhupada, for example, for one of his disciples, could make a, a, a uh, express a conviction like this. Even though the um, taste for Sakyaras hadn't hasn't developed, in other words, by nishta, which involves full application of the intelligence, nasta prayeshu badreshu nityam bhagwat sevaya. So very carefully studying the bhagwat and serving the person bhagwat. One can come to the conclusion: Oh, these are the these are the opportunities that are being offered in the sampradaya. This is what it's about. This is, and this is Madhurya Rasa. This kind of Madhurya Rasa. Huh? Okay, I'm getting more clear on what what the whole thing is. And there's Sakya Rasa, and these are the influence. These are the examples. Ah, that's there also. And I see this poem. My Guru Maharaj is in Sakya Rasa, Prabhupada in this case, for example. So one could say. So I follow him externally, I follow him internally. Have a conviction like this would be kind of a nishta orientation to Sakyarasa. Even in anishta, stage before nishta, one could make that kind of resolve. Um, and it is a nishta resolve, if you will. <laughs> I mean, it's a nishta resolve, a firm resolve that can come even in the anishta stage, where one's bhakti might not be steady, but when one's resolved in terms of one's ideal might be, be steady, in terms of having intellectually and theoretically understood what was taking place, what had happened to him or her by that association and so forth. So one could do that. Or, of course... Um, as I say, without even thinking about it, the influence being there and showing up in some early devotees of Prabhupada, which is remarkable. It's very remarkable, actually. It's, it really speaks loudly as to the powerful bhakti samskars in Sakyarasa that are, were emanating from, from, uh, from Srila Prabhupada. Um, of course, then in the higher stages of bhakti, then uh, in, in Ruchi and Asakti, then the actual beginning of of Shreya Kairavachandrika So from the other side, the feelings are coming in the heart, like moonbeams illuminating it, soothing. Hmm? And some now some positive. Ruchi is a is a consistent taste, and this taste is specific because it has a corresponding object of love that, that manifests in asakti, the next stage. So for the object of love to be specific, the taste has to be specific. So it's not just, I feel some bliss, but there's a specific quality 
to the bliss, to the influence, the just beginning, the developing influences of, of, of ladini, a certain kind of bliss, some of it, a certain kind of knowing. The bhava is made up of a combination of ladini and some of it relative to the, to the, whether we read sakya, how, how, what are the developments in sakirak, sakiras, pranai, prem, hmm? sneha, rag, anurag, and extreme examples of the pranayamas, mahabhav, in sakya, in basaliras it would be different, in basaliras, in madhuriras, different, prem, hmm? uh, uh, sneha, pranai, man, rag, anurag, mahabhav, further divisions of mahabhav, so forth. So there's some specificity that is, that is beginning to awaken in the stage of ruchi, higher stage of sadhana. In asakti, the, 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 the object of one's specific kind of love comes into view. Hmm? And one enters into bhava bhakti, and the sprout then of the bhava that has already been um, received in the seed form through association, is watered by further association, and subsequent following and practice is now sprouting. We call it bhava bhakti. Then the sprout is cultivated internally, and it flowers and bears the fruit of prema, or the maturation of the. Uh, the stayibhav. Stayibhav is, has two stages, as a sprout and in a mature stage in which it's synonymous with rasa. So this is development. And so, um, um, yes, I follow the ideal of my Guru Maharaj. And, um, and, uh, and I happen to be one of the persons that brought out what is his ideal <laughs> in the community. Um, instrumental in uh, in, uh, in in that, um, and I'm happy to be uh, make that uh, um, uh, point about our Gurudev. Mm. This is uh, um, a blessing upon me that I could be instrumental in pointing out clearly and systematically. And in this, uh, following the lead of Pujapatrita Marsh, who's my Siksha Guru, but developing it also from there uh, further and, and you know, reading, hearing Prabhupada in such a way that those, those things come to light and they see, and ah, here he's saying to see, see, and then put it together. So, uh, um, so yes, I believe the word Agabit there is, is, is used in, in, in two ways. Again, if he's good at representing the mellows of bhakti, it must be the absence of the influence of aga. And aga is uh, also a prominent uh, facilitator of, uh, for the sport of the leelas of Krishna in his calf herding, which is the beginning of his days, And you may know, of course, that Prabhupada left the world in the Brahma Vimohan Lila. That's where he left the world. Thirteenth chapter of the tenth canto. Hmm. Expressing a desire to circumambulate Govardhan Hill on a bullock cart. Hmm. <laughs> There's much to it. It's a very beautiful story. The story of Prabhupada Sakyarati expressing itself spontaneously um, and and um, kind of unconsciously, if you will, on Prabhupada's part, and consciously also. And most as if he's looking, see, is anybody listening? Mm-hmm. Are, they, are they there to catch that one yet? That you know, something like that. Uh, it's a very, very beautiful story. It's an angle. You know, there are many stories about Prabhupada, Prabhupada said this, Prabhupada did this, Prabhupada said that. So many people got a story about Prabhupada and, and so forth, and they can travel around and, and uh, tell it, which is, which is good. This is a story, too. This is a, this is a, 
there's a there's an inside the Prabhupada, and sometimes it showed up outside. Hmm? And that is something really to look for and to highlight and to celebrate. Hmm? And and to know one's own place in, in relation to it, which for the most part would mean to have such regard for that. Pujala Ragatapa Ragapata Gaurava Bhangi Matala Haridana Kirtana Rangi. This line defined Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur in the opinion of Sridhar Marsh, who engraved it in the walls of his of his Chaitanya Saraswat Mata over the over the deity at the Nath Mandir. Pujala Ragapata Gaurava Bhangi Matala Haridana Kirtana Rangi. So we he says we 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 worship the Rag Margs. We see the Rag in Prabhupada, we worship that. We don't want worshipful love, but we worship the rag love, that kind of love. And what we do in the context of worshiping that, holding it above our heads, prostrating ourselves before that ideal, hmm? instead of running there with our shoes on, we offer our respect to that ideal and we preoccupy ourselves with kirtan. Hmm? Until, by the force of the kirtan and the grace of Harinam, the, 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 the respect is broken by way of that ragmarg making itself accessible to us, inviting us in. This is the way to get the, the invite, not to go barge down the door and say, I'm in this room, this, this is my ideal, I should be able to come in. Something like that. So we see this in Mahaprabhu also. He did kirtan, he circulated everywhere. He was a public figure, he did kirtan, he preached, he converted. Prakashananda, Sarvabhoma, Venkatabhata, so forth. And his sannyas lila. And he preached and preached and did kirtan and kirtan, nam kirtan, until his inner life that resulted from that became so strong that he, could, he had to become a private figure. Staying in the Gambir with only a couple of devotees, and hmm. so kirtanas prabhaves, smaranas swabhavi. By the force, the power of kirtan, this inner life and the smaranam, which is central to rag bhakti, uh, we'll develop eligibility for that. We are all rag bhaktas because this is rag marg, hmm. but we are ajata rati. Ajata, Ruchi, Ragmar, Bhaktas. It's a, it's a funny kind of idea. But without taste, Rag. Because this is association, this is your ideal, if you understand it properly. But you don't really have the taste, which is the driving force of Ragmarg. So you're involved by knowledge of the Ragmarg and by association with the Ragmarg devotee. Your guru and the senior Vaishnavas and so forth, hmm? and so gradually, gradually, eligibility for ragmarg will further develop within you, and as it further develops, you can implement all the practices of ragmarg, hmm? the uh, some of which in central are this internal meditation. But meditation requires some samadhi, kirtan doesn't. You know, you can't meditate. Without, effectively without a clean heart. And meditation will not be as effective of a means to clean the heart as kirtan will. Preaching. Kirtan. Preaching is a form of kirtan. So, um, this, is, this is our way. We, 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 we have, when we see this coming from our Guru Maharaj, from Prabhupada, for example, then we, we have, this is a very special story should be made out of that. That's a beautiful side of Prabhupada. I should be invited everywhere, you know, go everywhere and tell us, or I should write a book about him. <laughs> and then I'll tell the story. <laughs> that side of Prabhupada. But only a few people will come. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, but it's a good story. It's a beautiful story. Mm. And um, it's meant for everyone. It's everyone's story. Um, it's to be, it should be celebrated by all Vaishnavas. Oh, such a powerful influence of Nityananda Prabhu also in him. Hmm? Yavesh, the empowerment of Nityananda to do the work Krishna gave him when he asked for empowerment. He gave it in those uncertain terms, and we're all here as evidence of that. Hmm. So, 
so I follow in the same um, ideal as, as my as my Guru Maharaj. And I had association with other Vaishnavas too, with Sri Maharaj, with Puri Maharaj, Narayan Maharaj, this Maharaj, that Maharaj, all of whom espoused uh, the affinity for Madhuri Rasa. But it doesn't have hold. Um, I'm I'm already purchased (laughs) by the influences that are coming from Prabhupada. So there you go. That's a pretty pretty deep question you asked there. I hope my answer is sufficient. Does that help? Yes. Something else? My letters from Prabhupada? I don't have them. <laughs> I did write some letters to Prabhupada, that's true. Yeah, but I, don't, don't, I sent them and they're gone. I mean, those days you wrote them on a paper <laughs> and sent them. They weren't, you know, digitized or anything. And I have letters that Prabhupada returned me, but. All right, what's the time? 7.37. All right, so we stop there. Shri Shri Gaurita Ki Jai. Guru Vaishnava Guru Parampara Ki Jai. Esi Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada Ki Jai. Bhakti Rakshak Sridhar Dev Goswami Marsh Ki Jai. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada Ki Jai. Bhakti Vinod Paribar Ki Jai. Gaur Bhakti Vrinda Ki Jai. Gaur Premanandi. Pancha Kalpa Daruga.